When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Somewhere in the world, I'm joined by Frank Warren. I don't know where, and I don't think you're going to disclose where either. I'm in my back, I'm in my house. <laughs> Doesn't look like your house, Frank. <laughs> you're somewhere on planet Earth. Yeah, I'm on. I'm always on planet. Well, I like to think sometimes I'm on planet planet Earth. Mind you, the world we're in with all this boxing game, you can be on any planet sometimes. Very true, especially the last couple of weeks for you. Um, we'll touch yeah. on that there in a second, Frank. But did you manage to catch the final last night wherever you are on planet Earth? Sorry, that broke up there. Can you say again? I said, did you match? To, uh, did you manage to catch the Europa League final wherever you are on planet Earth? Yes, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, very well, very entertaining, was it? No, the game was poor. But see. Sorry, mate, keeps breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good, Frank. Can you hear me now? Yeah, just you just broke up. Kind of. Sorry, go on, say what you're saying about the game. Yeah, no, but your old manager with another Europa League. I know, he's, he's, he's the boss of that, isn't he? I mean, he's done us and then he's done Man United, so he must have something about it. He done well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, very, very, dis- very uh, disappointing for Britain again, or England, I should say. Anyways, uh, yeah, moving on to, to to boxing talk. Obviously, a hectic couple of weeks for you, Frank. Um, has the, have you experienced? Uh, oh, you're gone there, Frank. I don't know what's happening now. Oh, it's my, that's my fault. That's my fault. You know what I'm doing? I'm swiddling about with this AirPod thing. And I open it up and it keeps going on to AirPods. Oh. I better put that down. I'm always fidgety. Sorry about it, mate. Yes, so, so, yeah, a hectic last couple of weeks for you, Frank. Um, what was your initial reaction uh, when the news came out that Wilder had won his arbitration case? Well, look, you know, we was all, ant- we was, we was all waiting for the news. We've been waiting a long, long time, as you know, for it. And uh, cut a long story short, I, I-, I was a bit disappointed because I-, I did feel that the mediator or the arbitrator, I felt he would be, I felt he would allow the fight to go on, um, but uh, would obviously give some finan- financial recompense to a, to a Wilder's side. But having said that, you know, nothing was a foregone conclusion. And I've been banging on about that for God knows how long now. I mean, you know that better than anybody. I think I, I, I think the I remember saying something like that last was it? I think it was last November. I've done an interview on on um, ESPN saying the same thing. It's it's always there. That's why it was when we did that when we come to arrangement between all the parties for negotiations and negotiate for a site fee and so forth and agreed our splits and whatever. That's why it was in that agreement that all parties signed. Everyone signed it. The boxers signed it. Management signed it. Promoter signed it. And it was highlighted in there that there is an arbitration hearing still, a decision still to take place, hearing and decision to take place. And that was, that was where it was. It wasn't a secret. I mean, 
quite a few times I was asked about it and I passed on the view from the was given from top ranked American lawyer, which they felt they had a very strong case and uh, and the contract was what was at an end. But until the arbitrator gave that decision, could have been anything. As it turned out, um, he, he, he chose to, uh, to take the side of Wilder. If the ruling had happened where Wilder won, which is obviously the case, but throughout this process, were you imagining that if Wilder did win this case, it'd only be financial damages that would be incurred? Well, the problem is, it's like Eric, if you were going to try and settle a matter, the matter, the time to do it is before the before the, the decision, because at that time, you know, everybody's got an opinion whether they're going to win or not. But more importantly, you know, a bit of, you know, in your in your mind, if you're settling, so you think, well, if I don't win it, if they win, it's going to cost me more money. Mm. And the fact that he gave the decision, it was impossible to do a, to do a deal because obviously, you know, it didn't go. It didn't get as far as that. That they were asking for fortunes, or he just didn't get that far. They wanted the fight, and uh, that's where it is. So it was. It was pointless. And and at the end of the day, Tyson wants 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 uh, wanted a fight, and it's you know it's just been it's it's just been quite messy. It didn't help all these announcements every every other day saying you know the thing's signed. There's going to be the fight's going to be announced with agreed terms and all this. When nobody had signed anything, you know, we're all we're all working very hard to make it happen, but nothing was signed, and I didn't see the point of all these these statements because it's not a fight that needed that needs hype. You know, if we announced that fight tomorrow was done, you you get an avalanche of applications for tickets and pay per view go through the roof because it is what it is. It's not something you got to hype up, and it was got it got quite tiresome and boring. And the problem was with it when these announcements were keep being made by by uh, Eddie Hearn was that. You know, everyone was saying, well, where is the contract? You know, what, what, where is it? What, what's happening? And as nothing was was forthcoming, it got to a stage, I think Tyson Gates said, right, you've got 48 hours to get this done or, or let's move on. And, and, you know, irrespective of what's happening with the arbitration, fight Wilder, get rid of it, do, do the fight. And uh, that it, I think it was only the fact he got comfort speaking personally to Prince Khalid in Saudi Arabia, who actually said, you know, well, gave them all the comfort he needed. That he, he made, he made that, he did that video. But we were also unaware of uh, the fact that Pat English, who was acting on behalf of uh, of uh, Usyk's team, had, been, had written letters to uh, parties and and, uh, and so forth, saying that if Anthony Joshua was participate in a unification, that they would they would uh, be suing. They'd be put, going for an injunction. So we were unaware of that. No one was made aware of that one. So that was something to come out of left field. So it's pretty messy. And that's why, you know, as much as everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, I'm being negative because I wasn't saying, oh, it's done, it's great, and it's on. I was just being a realist about it. For me, you know, until it was signed and, and so forth, and a fight of that magnitude needs to be signed. I mean, I, in the past, I've announced fights where I've agreed terms with somebody, and you know, and and and, and then the fight sometimes somehow's fallen apart. But a fight of this magnitude, all the T's and dots have to be sorted out because if they're not, it can cause a problem. And there were other things to be sort, you know, to be to be done. But you know, now that we all, it's, you know, we've actually drawn a line in the sand. We know where we are. We get on with our we get on with our commitments. And Tyson will, will obviously fight on the twenty fourth of July. Hopefully he comes through that. I believe he will come through that. And then hopefully we get this fight on by the end of the year, providing AJ 
uh, fulfills his contractual obligation. Now, I don't know whether he's going to fight, whether he's going to go ahead with the fight with Usyk or he's going to vacate the title. Um, that's going to be obviously his decision. But both both the boxers got to win their respective fights, then we can move on. And for people to say, you know, we didn't want the fight, I mean, I, I really, it's beyond me to anybody to even consider that from our perspective. You know, this was the money fight. This is the one we've all worked towards. This is where everybody has a day at the races. The boxers have a huge day at the races. The promoters, the, the, the managers, the trainers, everybody gets well paid compared with what they've got to do now. So that's, it's ridiculous to even go down that road. And why would we want to jeopardise that fight? Why would either of the boxers want to jeopardise that fight? You know, anything can happen in boxing. We've seen it, cut eyes, punches, lucky punch, big punch, whatever you want to call it. Why do we want to jeopardise it? It's just a great shame we are where we are. But I think that had had uh, people have done what they're supposed to have done as per the agreement, that, you know, keeping the announcements, that they're, they're, the announcements between the whole, all of us, all parties, it was an agreed announcement, then I think, you know, it may have tempered it. And, it may, and, and I don't know whether these announcements were... were were having any effects on the arbitrator who think, yeah, hang on a minute, I'm the one who's going to decide what's going on here, not you lot. I don't know whether it did have an effect or not, but these are things that, you know, you have to consider. Okay. Obviously, Eddie did an interview on our channel earlier this week and he made some comments. So I'm just going to allow you to respond to some of these comments and put your point of view to them. So the first major point he made was that he stated Team Fury had the ability back in December 2020 to terminate this agreement with Wilder, which would get rid of the trilogy. Have you got a comment on that, please? Well, he doesn't know what the... He's not seen a copy of the of, of the contract between um, Tyson and... Uh, between Tyson... Sorry, he's not seen the agreement between Tyson and um, Deontay Wilder. So, it's, you know, for him to say that, he's just guessing at it. The facts of the matter are the American attorneys said that they felt the case... That the, the, the contract was at an end. That was their opinion. So, it, you know, for him to say that, and it's a bit like me saying to you now, why didn't you disclose that you were, that disclose the fact that you were receiving um, letters from Usyk's team? We never knew, you know, we never knew about that. That only came out, that only came out after this all, after the Tyson thing. So we can all throw things, and it's all very well him saying that. It was in the agreement and he's talking about December, the agreement we signed between all the parties was in January. So why didn't he bring it up in January? Simply go and look at the contract or the agreement that he signed, look at the date of the agreement, and that was before that, that what he's referring to in December. He signed something in January. If that was such a concern with him, then why did he not highlight that? Because he certainly didn't. It was in the agreement that there was an arbitration. He didn't say to us, he didn't say, oh, is it an end or whatever. He, he relied on the same advice we did and the lawyers. And his lawyers participated in, in, in uh, quite a few calls with all the lawyers, you know, all the respected uh, parties' lawyers uh, discussed the matter. So he was very much aware of what was going down. So for him to talk and say these things, um, it's pretty ridiculous. So he never at any point went, to yourselves or Bob and said, go and end that agreement with Wilder because you've got the ability to do so. He never said that. I have never had a conversation with him about anything to do with this, ever. So that's a fact. 
I don't know where he had a conversation with Bob Brown. I don't believe he did because if he did, if if as he's saying, if as he is saying that is the case, then why did he sign the agreement in January? Why sign it? Why would you sign something that states there is an arbitration going on? Why would you sign that? It's common sense. He also said that it's very strange for an arbitrator to rule in favour of putting a fight forward and then doing it before a specific date. In, in your knowledge, is that strange, Frank, for an arbitrator to do that? Sorry, say that again? So he, he said that it's strange that an arbitrator would, would force Tyson into a rematch before a specific date, i.e. some date in September. Is that strange to your knowledge for an arbitrator to do that? No, I'm not right. Well, I mean, I, 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 an arbitrator has the power to arbitrate on an agreement, and that's what he's done. For an arbitrator to turn around and say, for the arbitrator to say the fight's got to take place, there has to be a cut-off point. I mean, you can't just say the fight has to take place. What is it, this year, next year, or in 2040? It's got, it's got to be a cut-off date for this fight to, to take place. That's a pretty stupid comment to make. And then since the ruling came in, Frank, did you make any attempts with Shelley Finkel or anyone from Team Wilder to, to reach a step-aside deal for Deontay? I've spoke to Shelley on a few, well, I speak to him nearly every day because obviously, you know, we, we've got a couple of fighters that we promote with. But the fact of the matter is we, um, after the decision was given, they, they just wanted to fight. That's what they. That's what they want. They want the fight. So what are you going to do? That's what the arbitrator and, and and so it's 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 uh, that's what what's happening. What was there? No figure or price that they were accepting. No, no. Do you think you could have pleaded, Do you think you could have pleaded with them? I don't think it's about pleading. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the position to. The, the, once the decision's given, they're holding all the cards. It's as simple as that. They're holding all the cards. Their position has become, you know, legally much, much stronger. They, they can stop the final. If they, they turn around and say, right, we want 100 million. That's their position. But the fact of the matter is that, is that you know, they just want to get on with the fight. And that's where we are. So where, where the conversation... Same thing. Same, it's, this, it's the same situation now that the, the, the Usyk situation, because you know, let's say, you know, hypothetically we had agreed a deal or managed to agree a deal, then we've been facing next, we've got to sort out Usyk. And Usyk, as you know, used to be a Matrum fighter and understand he's not happy with Matrum for previous, some, some previous stuff. But the bottom line is, you know, they were then about to issue an injunction, which they confirmed in writing, apparently on a couple of occasions, uh, to, not to us, but to, uh, you know, to um, WBO and Metro. Just out of interest, Frank, how far did those conversations with Shelley go? Was it just the point blank, no, we're not even discussing a step-aside deal with yourself? Well, it's, it's not just she it's not just, just Shelley's decision, decision. It's also Al Heyman. Bob Aaron was speaking by Al Heyman, I think, over the weekend as well, prior to the, the uh, arbitrator giving his decision. And uh, he was dealing with that. I speak to Shelley, you know, as I say, on other matters, and that was that that came up. But the the uh, he was speaking with him, and but the, the person, so I understand, who had no intention of taking any any uh, any for one word term step aside, was uh, Deontay Wilder. He wants to fight. 
do you respect that in a way? You've got to respect that, really. Well, of course you do. I mean, he's not doing... You know, I, go, I can go back many years ago and I can remember Mike Tyson and Lennox Lewis uh, early days when, it, when, it would, when, when, you know, uh, Tyson was more of a, you know, was more of a handful than he'd become, than he'd become when he fought Lennox, where there was some step asides there, there as regarding that. And, uh, and it was, you know, it didn't happen that time. So everybody was pretty peed off of it as the fans were. Um, so from Wilder's point of view, yeah, you've got to accept, you know, got to respect him for that. The fact of the matter is he's, Got a new trainer. Um, the, obviously, the trainer and him have got, uh, you know, got their idea how they're gonna, their, what their game plan is gonna be in their mind to beat Tyson Fury. Me, I don't think I don't know what they can come up with unless he gets really with a real lucky punch because he's never gonna outbox Tyson. And uh, Tyson, as he's shown, has taken his best shots in the past, but he wants to fight. And he feels he wants to fight after making all those ridiculous excuses for losing. Um, now he, he wants to get back in there. So the reality of all this is all the all the hype, everyone being hype, hypothetical, you know, coming up with certain scenarios. The fact is that now Tyson Fury has to fulfil a legal obligation, and rather than wait until September, as the, up until September, to get it on as soon as possible to get rid of this obligation. It'll go on on the 24th of July in Vegas, and hopefully that will then be the end of it. Well, it will be the end of it. You know, Tyson comes through, that'll be his side of it dealt with. And just to, to make crystal clear, you said that the arbitration uh, procedure and the, the what was going on was put in writing to Matram and Eddie Hearn. So just to, just to make this more crystal clear, you could not have given any more reassurance to Matram about this procedure that was going on. If I sign an agreement, if I sign, a, all of us signed a joint agreement, and in that joint agreement, it states no, no, no making any public statements unless we all agree on it. So we all know that he's disregarded that because he's been making announcements on, you know, if it's not a 24-hour basis, it's certainly a 48-hour basis to everybody. He's been making announcements, as I've said on many occasions, to make an announcement. And it's gone on and on and on. And, and you know, and every time I've been asked, until it's signed, it means nothing. So why even go out there? Why do that? Is it the ego of it? I don't know what it is. Is it the fact that he only had one fight left with, he's contractually has one fight left with AJ, that he's trying to keep him happy? Don't worry, we're doing it. So I've got no idea. Is AJ going to renew with him after his next fight? Who knows what's going to happen? Do you want to keep his position there that he's in for two fights? You know, the, the fight with Tyson and the rematch, it extends his contract by an extra fight. I don't know. I have no idea. Only he knows in his head why that. But the fact is, he breached what we agreed. And secondly, it is as plain, as plain as the nose on his face. It's as plain as that that in that con in that agreement it said there is an arbitration hearing to still take place. So if you didn't feel you wanted to get into that agreement, you thought, well, let the arbitration take place first, let's see how it pans out. Then I'll sign something. That's your choice. But if you sign it, knowing there's an arbitration to take place, and we all know, everybody knows, because the question keeps was being regularly asked, What's happening with the arbitration? As we all keep saying, we're waiting for the arbitrator to hear it and give the decision. I mean, that's plain as anything. Everybody knows that who's been following any of this stuff. So he knew what the position is. Everybody knew what the positioning was in there. Whether what their opinions were, 
whether the case was winnable or the arbitration was winnable or not. That's a personal opinion. The only one who can give the decision on that is the arbitrator, and he did. And so the view given by uh, the, the, the American lawyers, top-ranked lawyers, you know, they, what they felt was a very strong case didn't turn out to be, but that's lawyers... Lawyers will say, we'll, we'll give an opinion. That's what you pay them for. And that's what you fight, fight cases for with your lawyers. So the arbitrator came up with what he said. And as I said, whether he was influenced by what was all the stuff that was going down, I had no idea. But you know what? None of it matters anything now because he said, you said, what said. Reality is, it was the fight was never, as I've said all the way through, ever signed. Until it was signed, it wasn't a fight. And, to, and that is a fact of life. So now a fact of life is Tyson's fighting on the 24th. And now a fact of life is this AJ has to defend his title against Usyk or vacate his title. And if he vacates, vacates his title, then there won't be three belts on the line if Tyson, when Tyson comes through. There'll be, sorry, four belts on the line. There'll be three belts on the line. So I hope he does go fulfill his obligation to Usyk. And if he doesn't, then Usyk will fight um, Joe Joyce. If not, Joe Joyce will be the mandatory to the winner of that fight. Got you back. So, you know, when I, was, when I was speaking to you, like over the last five months about this fight, and I was hassling you with Yuri Joshua questions, what was your scepticism based on? How much of it was it based on this arbitration case or were there other factors as well, Frank? No, there was other factors. I mean, there were things... Look, until important things like, you know, we all, you know, we all said uh, BT and Sky, you know, we all want, they're both going to show the fight. But the terms were never agreed. They never met to agree the terms. Most terms had to be agreed. And I think they would have been done. But it, everything was like it was a foregone conclusion as far as that was done. And, and, the, and the terms, and let's make it, you know, it's, it's no secret now. And I never sort of banged on about Saudi Arabia, but it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. There were certain things there that needed to be agreed and were being negotiated. And I think, and I like to believe they were going in the right direction uh, with 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 uh, Khalid and his team. And everybody was was working positively to that. But there were things that still had to be sorted out on our side. And they were the arbitration and, 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 and as I mentioned, the... Uh, the TV situation, and as it's turned out, the obligation that um, that Usyk's side filled um, Anthony Joshua had to them. And how was your dealings throughout this process with Prince Khalid and Saudi Arabia? Because there have been claims that you didn't put any work towards this. Well, uh, look, we can't put work towards this. What are we going to do? Have six of us all picking up the phone each time speaking to the to the guide? driving him crazy. I mean, it's, it's pointless, isn't it? It's absolutely pointless. What we did, our, our lawyers all decided on a, on a way forward, decided on what, what was required collectively from uh, the fight side. I'm talking about um, Tyson and AJ's side, all the respective lawyers, all participating in calls, and as a result of that, then to speak to, to, to uh, Prince Khalid, or the Saudi Arabian side and say this is what we want and that was the negotiation not putting putting work into it I mean I was telling everybody he was flying around the world where did he go where did he fly around the world show us those passport stamps that you got to do that fight you know I'm going to the far east I'm going here and there he didn't go no he didn't go to Saudi Arabia it's all done on, it was done on the phone and what the work we put into it the work one of the things what I was what I put very 
lot working to us. We're ensuring that we get some cooperation from the two British TV companies. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a fight because both boxers had contractual obligations. And that's what you had to deal with. It was the actual contractual obligations that the fighters had to be dealt with, which included the arbitration situation. Things to be dealt with. Run a spout your mouth off every five minutes saying you've got this done and that done, when in fact you had nothing done. Where is the agreement that you that you said has been signed? Where is it? I've never seen it. No one's seen it. It was just it just got tedious, and uh, and you know even now going on about it. I mean, I'm, 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 it's it's just too boring for words. It's just ridiculous. You know, reality is, I said earlier, it, hopefully it'll happen in December now. And by the way, I don't think the fight would have gone on in August anyway. I don't think that would happen. I think there'd have been a problem with that date. And being realistic about it again is that maybe sometimes out of bad comes good because it would be a better time of year for Saudi Arabia for the fight to go on in, in December, in my opinion. I may be wrong, but in my opinion it will be. And hopefully the COVID situation will be really, really got on top of by then and it would be safe for everybody to travel who want, who want to go to the fight they want to go out there. So that's where we are. And as I say, it's, it's about dealing with, with everything realistically and uh, and being realistic and, and, and stop keep making statements when they were not required. Well, in terms of July 24th, Tyson um, signed the dotted line on Saturday at Taylor Ramirez and it seemed like Wilder had signed three days previous to that. So there have been suggestions that this was done very quickly and it was, how, it was very strange how quickly this fight was put together. Um, what's your response to well, that? Well, it's not strange because, look, I don't agree with you on that, Umar. It's not strange at all. As I said to you, there were calls over the weekend before the arbitrator gave his decision. Once he gave his decision, then you had to move. You either, the, the more time it takes to negotiate something, the more time it takes to do it, then that fight would go on in September. That would jeopardise the fight taking place in December if they both come through their respective fights. So the most prudent thing to do was to get it done, get it signed off, get the fight on the 24th of July, get rid of Tyson's obligation that the arbitrator says he has. That's what's done. And it can't be done no quicker than that. And that's what's happened. Okay, okay. And it's definitely going to be on July 24th in Vegas. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think we'll learn of a venue quickly as well? Because that hasn't been confirmed. It's the I'll pronounce this correctly. Allegiance, Allegiant Stadium, new stadium. Fifty thousand people there. Well, they're going to announce it anyway officially. I shouldn't even be saying that, but it's going on in Vegas. Okay. Okay. So if Fury does the job against Wilder, which was what we expect, and if Joshua does the job against Usyk. Do you think the terms that you agreed or were agreeing for this summer fight, that they can be easily transferable for December? I've got no idea. You know, there's been no conversation since. I think the fact of the matter is, um, whilst I don't want to tempt fate, I I want to see them get their fights out of the way. And uh, maybe there'll be some talks before then, but... Let's get it. Let's get the let's get the obligations out of the way. Then, then, then uh, hopefully there's still interest to do it there. Or other than that, we've got to look at and look for somewhere else to do the fight. Mm. And just out of interest, uh, quickly give me your thoughts on on both Fury Wilder Free and Joshua Usyk. How do you think they go, Frank? Well, uh, you know, Deontay, as I say, as I mentioned earlier, he's got a new trainer. 
Um, he's come up with various excuses why he got beat. Um, I can only look at what I've seen in two fights. In the first fight, Tyson got robbed. and the second fight, Tyson did a job on him. And I don't see what he can bring to the table any other than his big punch, as he did last time. He's not going to suddenly develop um, great boxing skills. Um, he, is, he is what he is. He's a very dangerous puncher. But Tyson can't be um, taking anything for granted. He's got to be at his best. If he is, I think, he, I think he'll do the same as he did in the last fight. I think he, you know, I just think he's that, that empty, but taking out his frustration, but venting his frustration for being out the ring so long. So I, th- I fancy Tyson to win that. As regarding Usyk, you've got to go with AJ if they, if they go with a fight because of these, I think the size does matter in this fight. You know, the fact that Usyk is, or was a cruiserweight up to what, about a year ago, uh, well, I don't know, I think he's about 34, 35 years of age now. It's not like he's a, a young guy moving up from cruiserweight to heavyweight. He's, I think he's naturally a cruiserweight, could probably make that weight still if he wished to do so. Um, I just think it'd be too, I think Anthony Josh would be too big for him. Having said that, you know, AJ, sometimes the way he fights, he gets clips. And he has been clipped in a few of his fights, been caught and wobbled in a few. Um Usyk may, Usyk's not a bad boxer, and if he can get under that big jab, that jab and get inside, who knows? He may, he may get, he may, he may hit, hit the button. But um, I think they're both favourites in their fights. Both, both of the respective champions will go into their fights as favourites. I don't think the the Matram side and, and Joshua side have ruled out vacating. They have talked about the potential Dylan White rematch doing that. So I don't think they're they're. They're ruling out vacating. If you were advising Anthony Joshua or running Anthony Joshua's career in this situation, what would you tell him to do? Well, if he want, if they want the four belts on the line, then he's got to defend against Usyk. It's as simple as that. If he doesn't, then you know he's got to look to see um, you know his other options. If one of his options is Dillian White, you may as well fight Usyk if you're going to fight Dillian White. Back. Oh, I was just gonna just gonna get on to Joe Joyce and how this leaves kind of his situation. So obviously we know if if uh, Joshua vacates, then it's Usyk and, and Joe Joyce. Quite simple. But if Joshua does uh, defend his WBO and fight Usyk, then what's the short term plan for Joe whilst he's waiting as a mandatory fighter? He's going to fight on the twenty fourth of uh, July, probably. Um, so we'll just see what happens in the next few days, and then. Uh, they'll make their decision what they're going to do with the WBO and then we can make our decision. Frank, when you say on the, on the 24th of July, do you mean on Tyson's undercard or do you mean in the UK? No, in the UK. All right, so you're going to have like a, a UK card running into um, Fury World of Free as a box office event? Well, we're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to, our intention is to do a UK card, yeah. Okay. All right, so who, who, who do you reckon could feature on that, Frank, apart from Joe Joyce? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'll be honest. We're, we're working on it at the moment, so I want to. I want to make sure a couple of guys that I want on the card. Uh, two of them have said they may or may not be ready. So we're going to find out in the next couple of days whether they are ready. To, are going to be fit and ready to fight on that show. Okay. So it'll be a decent show. It'll be a good show. Right. Let's talk about another heavyweight next week. He's back, Daniel Dubois against Bogdan Dinu. Again, if he wins this fight, um, he can put himself right back into to title contention for WBA. Um, excited to see Daniel back in the ring. I am. I am. It's been it's been a while out, and obviously he had to take time because that was quite a serious injury he got 
in his fight against Joe. So, um, yeah, I'm pleased to see him back. And he's a young guy, and I think he's still got, I think he's got a lot to give, uh, still to give. And uh, this is going to be quite a good test for him. And if he does come through, he becomes WBA interim title. So he gets himself back in the mix again. And I hear we've got fans next week in Telford, Frank. Got a thousand fans, we're allowed a thousand, so it's not a lot. But I'll tell you what: after the after the last, what is it, year or so of fight of shows with no fans, and it's been, be, I mean, but so welcome to get some atmosphere in the venues. It's been very difficult for the fighters, lack of atmosphere. So, um, as I say, I'm looking forward to all being being back at the show. Yeah, it's been good to see it at the football. Obviously, did you have you managed to get to the Emirates yet? Since fans are coming, I back? went on. I, I was there on Sunday. Okay. That must have felt good. Sorry, mate. That must have felt good to see the fans kind of back in. Well, it, it was good to see the fans there. It's good to see the demonstration, and uh, and we <laughs> and we won. But uh, I'm afraid our season petered out, didn't it? Completely. Uh, we'll see what happens with Arsenal next season, eh? Um, Tommy Fury also back in action next week. Um, obviously, Jake Paul. Yeah. There was a lot of noise with Jake Paul. Uh, going back and forward. He's done a, a deal with Showtime. Uh, what do you think about that, Frank? Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's the era we're in now, isn't it? You know, Showtime are massive operators in the States and they they uh, they see um, they see some potential there and it'd be great if we can build that fight between him and Tommy. Yeah, we'll see Tommy back it's in a big week. fight. It's a big fight. And, but Tommy's out um, next week. Uh, he came back from the States uh, over the weekend. He's been training out there, working with Tyson. So he's back now. And uh, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him in action next week. Most certainly. Frank, I do want to ask you about Jack Cattrall. is obviously in line to face the undisputed Josh Taylor. We'll talk about him, him in a second. But just your, your comment on Josh's magnificent win on the weekend and becoming uh, an undisputed champion. Well, it was a phenomenal performance. I mean, he done extremely well, didn't he? You know, um, uh, he's, he is, I mean, when you, was that, his eighth, was that his 18th fight? He's 18 and 0, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, 18. I mean, that is a phenomenal achievement to hold four, t- four belts. I think he's about the sixth guy in history of boxing to hold the four belts. I think it's something like that. That's a, you know, it's the most amazing achievement and they uh, should be very proud of it. Scotland and the UK should be proud of it. And I'm sure they are. And now Jack's, uh, is mandatory. Jack, Jack stepped aside to allow that fight, that unification between him and Ramirez to happen. So now it's Jack's, Jack's turn. And uh, that's a good domestic bust-up. So what's the process with that? Does that have to be completed, i.e. a deal in a certain time frame? Um, it's more or less, that, that'll be more or less done. That's not going to be a problem dealing with that one. Okay. And are, are we looking at um, Edinburgh for that fight, Frank? Um, I'm not sure of any yet, but it'll be sometime, hopefully in August, late August. Oh, brilliant. That, that's going to be amazing. Two domestic fighters fighting for the undisputed titles. I mean, when's that ever happened? I don't think yes. We thought it was going to happen with heavyweights, didn't we? <laughs> uh, it's not so as easy as, uh, as with the They heavyweight. beat them to it. That's another record. They've beaten them to it. Two Brits <laughs> have beaten it. Any updates on uh, your latest world champion in, in Sonny Edwards? What's happening with him? Uh, Sonny will be out in, the, in autumn. Sometime in uh, September, I think we get him out in September, and we, we he's got to fight. He's got to fight. He's mandatory by the looks of it. Okay, okay. The Filipino, so we work on that and, uh, and get that one done. And lastly, before we close off, I can't uh, interview and not ask about your light heavyweight 
sensation. So Lyndon, uh, Anthony Yard, Callum Johnson, uh, what's going on with them? They're all going to be fighting in July. What, on the same card? That's the intention. Really? Yeah. yeah. That will be, be interesting fight week. <laughs> it will be, won't it? <laughs> and we're all sitting on the same table. <laughs> will you get Joshua Boatsy? Will you invite him to, to watch ringside? <laughs> he's welcome to come. He's welcome to step across the road anytime he likes. Do you think, uh, do you think uh, him and Callum Johnson is it a realistic fight next, Frank? I think it'd be a great fight, don't you? I mean, I think it'd be a great fight for the fans, that. Great fight for both the guys. I'd love to see that one. That'd be exciting while it lasts. Certainly would be. I think any of them matched uh, against each other would, yeah. would be something to watch. We're quite blessed in, we're quite blessed with light, light heavyweights. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. Well, listen, Frank, I appreciate your time on IFL TV as always, um, answering everything as honestly as you can. So, yeah, appreciate the time. Cheers, mate. You look after yourself and I'll speak to you soon. I'll see you next week. See you next. Well, I'll see you when I'm looking at you. Oh, you beat me to it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.